good networker is like a great interviewer. I'm huge on authenticity, guys. Um, you know, it's a big part of, of, of my message. Claim your local listings and don't get caught um, paying someone for your local listing. If you want to be successful, you got to do six things a thousand times, not a thousand things six times. And when in doubt, give to other people and don't expect anything in return. But in giving to other people and helping them, it almost always comes back. It's using the power of partnership, creating trusted partner networks to work with you to make your company be an offer more than just you. They've done 90% of the work. It's your job to do the last 10% to meet them in the middle. Don't let the fear of losing be greater than the excitement of winning. So. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Ask Fowler Masterminds podcast, brought to you by A Advanced Septic Services and Fuse Networks. My name is Galen. Uh, good morning, I'm Joe. And we're coming at you virtually from the BD Local Studios in Tacoma, Washington. So, Joe. Can you tell our new listeners and viewers how our podcast came to be, please? Sure. So we first started out as a Facebook group page, and the purpose was to bring uh, business owners together to kind of just talk and communicate with one another, uh, ask questions, share tips, things like that. And that kind of just morphed into having a podcast called Ask Valor Masterminds, where we bring on different masterminds to talk about different topics uh, as, they have, as they all relate to business. Awesome. Um, so before we introduce our guests that you see on screen, our last episode, we had our guest, Keeson Patel. Um, what is MA? What was one of your main takeaways from when Keeson was on with us? So one of the biggest thing I learned really about is making sure you're selling your business for the right reasons and then making sure that the person or company who's purchasing your business is going to kind of keep your business kind of as is, that they're not doing a complete 180 and, and, and kind of turning things completely around. Awesome. So which is a great transition into our guest today. Today's guest is Dan Whedon. Joe, you want to start with the intro? Sure. Dan Whedon is an experienced entrepreneur, thought leader, author, an award-winning speaker who has a passion for consulting, coaching, and mentoring other entrepreneurs and business professionals. He has the rare ability to translate his success in the insurance industry, public speaking, nonprofit world, and athletic coaching into applicable and transferable principles that dramatically improve the effectiveness of those business owners and executives he works with. Dan has helped drive performance and resilience improvement with countless small and mid-sized companies across the country. Dan focuses his consulting skills to improve protection of property, people, and profits for his clients. His goal is to safeguard the valuation and legacy for his clients. He has four published books, with, uh, the most recent being Back Nine Walking, A Guide to Living Unleashed in 2021. Dan also hosts a nationally syndicated podcast, The Shrimp Tack Podcast for Seattle. He was inducted into the Million Dollar Consulting Hall of Fame in 2012. He resides in Poolswell with his wife, wife, Barb, and their canine companion, Bella. So everyone, welcome Dan to our podcast. Thanks for coming on, Dan. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm excited to be here. I, I, I guess this make does this make me a mastermind? It does. You are a mastermind. <laughs> Part of the family. Wait yeah. till I tell my wife. That'll be great. So thanks. <laughs> awesome. We'll get into the book later, Back Nine yeah. Walking. I figure as a golfer, I'd be more a back nine riding than walking, but we'll get to that a little <laughs> later. <laughs> so, 
Uh, we ask our guests the same three questions all the time, and I'll start with the first question. So what are some early lessons learned as an entrepreneur? Well, I, you know, it's funny, uh, as, I, as I pondered that a little bit, Galen, uh, I, this sounds silly, but one of my first lessons was it's hard. Uh, just like golf is hard, being an entrepreneur is hard. And I don't know that I gave that respect to it. And I don't know that everybody going in who has a great idea, a great uh, vision, a great product, a great service and says, I can, I can run my own business. I, I can make tons of money and it's going to be great. You don't have to work for the man, right? Um, it's hard and it's not for everybody. And uh, resilience, uh, which is partly what the book is about, a resilience, persistence, perseverance, everything about that comes into play. And one of my early lessons was, uh, even if you do have a plan, the old Mike Tyson, even if you do have a plan, you're still going to get punched in the face. And and uh, getting back up is, is a critical piece of that. Uh, the other lesson that I, I think I learned, I don't know if I learned it early or <laughs> midway through, was kind of the whole theory of, you know what, everything's going to be okay. Uh, every, it, it, there's going to be hard times. There's going to be great times. There's going to be everything in between. But uh, at the end of the day, the sun's going to come up the next day and um, we're, we're gonna, you're going to be okay. You just have to sometimes fight through adversity. Uh, and, and embrace uh, it as well as you would embrace the good things. And so those probably, and there's a, there are two of the lessons I learned uh, from the early and mid years of being an entrepreneur is that it's hard. Uh, it's going to knock you down. You have to get back up again because the next day is going to come and it's going to be okay. So because of that, you said it, you learned that it was hard. So during those hard times, what was the best piece of advice that you were given? <laughs> you know, uh, I, I think it kind of care. It kind of goes into the next one. Hang in there. Don't give up because, uh, so many entrepreneurs, so many business owners will quit, uh, or retire or give up right about the time the, the, the breakthrough was coming. Uh, we never know exactly when that breakthrough is. So early on in, in your career, uh, as an entrepreneur, hang in there, you know, as long as you can, because you never know when that big, big opportunity is going to be there. And the same can be said throughout someone's career, because, hey, I, I, I went through the, the Great Recession when I was in business. And then we had this thing called COVID-19 and had a pandemic. So things outside of our control are gonna happen. And there are gonna be times that we, we may have thought we made it. And then we have to kind of start over again. And that same piece of advice, don't, don't give up on it because you, you might be that close. Right, that's yeah. so awesome. I mean, we've talked about it before, the pandemic you know, what did businesses do or people do? Did they pause, panic or pivot? Right. And it just sometimes people didn't want to get up and hang in there because it was really dark. But, um, yeah, you know, you persevere and that's, you know, there is going to be a next day. Our last question, since this is a marketing podcast. So why is marketing important? One of my early mentors, and actually he's still, I, I still follow him quite a bit is, is Alan Weiss, who wrote Million Dollar Consulting and about 70 other books on, on consulting. Um, 
you know, and, and, and he says something to the effect of, uh, you're not in the consulting business, you're in the marketing business, because if you don't toot your own horn, there is no music. The same is true. We, we can set up a business plan. Everybody can set up a business plan, but without a marketing plan, uh, the business plan is going to fail. Marketing is everything. It doesn't matter what industry you are in. You have to have clients. You have to have <laughs> uh, you have to have customers. You have to have uh, people buying your stuff, whatever that is. And so, mar- pe- people aren't going to just pick up the phone. Maybe that's another early entrepreneur lesson. Pe- just because you hang out your shingle, even in a virtual world, you put up a website. People aren't going to find it unless you market it. And so, th- marketing is everything. It's, it, I, I believe it's more important than a business plan. Uh, I believe it's uh, probably more important than funding. Without it, y- you can't you can't succeed. Which is a good transition. Uh, a foundational piece of marketing is your website. Uh, Joe, can you share some details on our hashtag Valid Cares initiative, please? Yeah, sure. So our Valid Cares initiative is to helping small businesses be found better online. And the best way to do that is with the foundation piece, which is your website. So if you own a business and uh, you don't have a website or it's outdated or your best friend's cousin's brother who lives in his basement built your website and you just don't have access to it. Uh, We have an initiative where we give away free website builds every single month and we would love to help more people. Awesome. Thank you for that. Now we come to our advanced septic pump you up quote of the day. And I asked Dan for a motivational quote and I'll read it by William Joel. The good old days weren't always so good and tomorrow ain't as bad as it seems. So Dan, share some insights on your quote. With so, so hopefully both of you are least of an age that you know that William Joel is, is really Billy Joel. Uh, and and that, that song uh, came out when I was in junior high back in, in the late 70s. So uh, I was having a little bit of fun with, with the William Joel. And I, I love quotes, but it seems the ones I remember the most come out of some lyrics. But I, I believe it to be true. And I've used it in on many occasions. So, you know, it's funny how often and, and maybe it's just me, but you guys probably hear it too. Oh, it was so much better back then. Uh, we could drink from, from the, uh, from the, uh, garden hose, or we could, uh, paint with lead paint, or we could do all of these things we, we were able to do when we were kids. Oh, if it was only like that. And that carries over into business. Have either of you ever heard, oh, if we could just run the business like before, right? Uh, if, if you've heard that, or if you've ever caught yourself saying that the reality is, is that, uh, back in the good old days, uh, things weren't always that great. And there were people complaining back then as well. And today and into tomorrow, uh, based on technology, based on on just so many different things, tomorrow's not a bad thing. And and there's nothing to be scared about. We should be embracing uh, the opportunities that we have. So I I love the quote. It It came out, like I said, in the late 70s. And here, 40 years later, 
I think it rings true even more so that uh, those good old days, uh, while I, there's no regrets and, and it's what formed it, there are some challenges back then, some things that we've learned. Uh, I, I, I'm still old enough, by the way, to remember not wearing a seatbelt as a kid because it wasn't mandated. There were no seatbelts in the back seat. I don't know if either of you remember that, but none of us would be driving around without seatbelts today. So the good old days weren't always so good. Tomorrow, not only ain't as bad as it seems, but it's it's probably pretty spectacular. Well, I do remember those days because I remember driving in my dad's 69 Cutlass Supreme, listening <laughs> to an eight track of the ventures, driving to the grocery store where his seatbelt just crossed his lap, but me sitting in the back seat, I didn't have to. There you go. So, there you and go. Then, yeah, like you said, the complaints thing, you know, our quick takeaway is, you know, there wasn't something called the internet back then. So if someone complained, you could only yell as far as it would go. The internet now has a giant megaphone where you want to say something about a business, your the whole world will hear you. Well, <laughs> so. and just as an just as an, a quick aside, let's take a look at what happened in 2020 with the pandemic, right? What would have if that was 1990 instead of 2020, uh, everybody would be out of business. Can can you imagine what would have happened to the global economy in an age where we couldn't do Zoom, where we couldn't still uh, have commerce. Uh, you know, it, it, I can't even imagine the catastrophe that would have happened. Right. Um, so now we get to the part of our podcast, our Fuse Networks Did You Know segment. So uh, strengthen your, your cybersecurity by not doing these six things. I'll read these quickly not preparing for threats, neglecting maintenance and upgrades, failing to educate employees on security processes, not establishing a cybersecurity policy, using defaults or built-in options and shortchange your business data. Visit FuseNetworks.com to schedule your free consultation. So there's a couple, there's one trend and two myths that Dan shared with us that we want to get his thoughts on this trend. People are living longer, whether they understand that or not. The fastest growing age group is centenarians. So talk to us about that. Yeah. In other words, people that 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 hundred year old age group is 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 growing uh at, at a at a rapid pace. People are living longer. Uh and, and so <laughs> we we have to kind of plan for that. And the reality is is that um from a financial aspect. And I'm not a financial planner or advisor or wealth advisor anyway, but from a financial aspect, we have to plan on living longer. Uh, I I work a lot with insurance. uh, And so we talk about long-term care. That's part of it. Uh, But we also have to look at what are we doing from an activity standpoint? What are we doing? You know, do you really want to, uh, in air quotes, retire? Or do you want to still be actively involved? Alan Alda still runs a podcast at 88 years old. You know, so what is it that you, you know, you want to do into your hundreds? Because there's a more and more of a chance that whether, whether you want to or not, you're going to get there. This myth, you have to grow old and feeble into the back nine of your life. So your book is back nine walking. Um, 
I guess just share us your insights on, yeah. on that myth. So I, I, I wrote this book back. I am a golfer, Galen, like you are. And, and uh, back then, try, I'm not a real golfer. I'm a hack. So I don't put that <laughs> label right. on myself. So that's all right. So, so, you know, on the back nine of life, which I'm going to uh, label it about 45 ish. Uh, those of us who have gotten to that, we, we, we have a lot of similar experiences. And one of those experiences for me was, is that uh, people get into their seventies and eighties and nineties, and all of a sudden they're old and feeble and they're, they're living on fixed incomes and they're living in, in assisted living in nursing homes, or they start saying things like, Oh, wait till you get old. It's not fun. Wait till you get old. And it doesn't have to be that way. I, I know I, I have, I, I, in fact, I'll listen to this. Just the other day, I played golf at Gold Mountain Golf Course, uh, got teamed up with a guy and his grandson. The guy's 85 years old. Please. I'm going to tell you, he looked like he would, might be in his late 60s. He did ride the cart, but he kept it on the, uh, on the cart path because he wanted to continue to walk. So he would walk to his ball. Uh, this is a guy, and I bet you he shot in the mid-90s. Uh, this guy was fantastic. He was 85. He is 85. And so the thought that we're you know, old is, is becoming decrepit doesn't have to be that way, and it shouldn't be that way, but you have to plan to do that now. Yeah, good point. So, um, yeah, I mean, I turned 50 next year, so I would think, did I make the turn yet? Sometimes I feel like you, I have. you've made the turn. You're, you're, you're playing the 10th hole, probably. It's a 10th hole, five. par five, dog legs right. left, probably, right? I just hit it out of yep. bounds. So, anyway, okay. And our next myth, our last myth, you have no control over your own destiny. So, I guess this resonates now. We're just coming off a pandemic. You know, are you going to pause, panic, or pivot? People sometimes, you know, oh, the sky is falling kind of mentality. But for businesses, too, sometimes they just have no idea. So what are your insights to this, Tarot? Yeah, we, we have more control than we think. Uh, and, and the reality is, is that it needs to be strategic and planned. So uh, on a personal level, if you want to be active like the guy I played golf with at 85, that means you have to exercise. You have to eat healthy. You have to go to the doctor on an annual basis. You have to keep up your, you have to do all of those things that some people just, just they don't want to do, but you got to do those. That's part of getting to a point where you're in your 80s and 90s and, and doing well. The same is true in business. Uh, you talk about marketing. Well, you got to market. Market every day, <laughs> every day uh, is a marketing opportunity. Uh, so you have to take advantage of those and plan for those. You also have to plan for the future. Uh, we may not know exactly what technology is going to bring in the next five years, but we all know it's going to be something new. You better be have your you know your ear to the floor or whatever the metaphor I'm screwing up is. You better be ready to know. And, and act on what new technology can do for your business. So uh, we can control things, but I think often we forget about that. We should be looking ahead both in business and in life to what, what do we want to look at? One last golf metaphor. Uh, I coach golf. I coach, coach high school golf. And I, I will always or often tell the kids, you know, where is the you want to hit your next shot from? Mm-hmm. You should plan where your next shot is going to be because that's going to tell you what club you're going to hit, what direction, all of that. In business and in life, we should be planning what our next shot looks like. Almost like Stephen Covey, begin with the end in mind, right? Right. Like, uh, you know, like, um, yeah, I play golf too. And sometimes 
I'll play the hole backwards. Like I want my approach shot to be 90 yards or hundred yards. What shot right. do I get to go for that? Yeah. So uh, now we'll transition into our topic, business continuity planning. What do I do if something bad happens to my business? So our last episode, we had mergers and acquisitions talk about that. And I think this fits perfectly as a good transition in, into that. So if you're looking to sell your business or you have your business, the pandemic happens. So that qualifies as something bad happening or you know, an owner could pass away or there could be a conflict in a business. I've, we've, we've come across that. Uh, talk to us a bit about that and like what you do for businesses right. um, before we so get I'm to- a business continuity business continuity consultant, but I like to think of myself more as a resilience uh, consultant because we, we've talked a lot about being resilient. It's about keeping the business going. Some business owners out there say, I, I don't even know, I've never heard of business continuity. Well, you've heard of risk management, which I think is a, a misnomer. This is about keeping your business continuing regardless of what happens. It could be a pandemic. It could be a fire. It could be a theft. It could be losing your best employee. It could be staffing issues. We can go on and on. If you don't have a plan in place, then you're just making things up as you go along. And that's usually not good because decisions that you're making in real time are usually not very good. But decisions that you make in advance of those bad times, you've put together, hey, you talked about cyber. We've had a ransomware attack, but wait, we talked about this. This is step one. This is step two. We don't have to make this up as we go along. Because when you make things up as you go along, you lose money, you lose time, you lose energy, uh, which is all going to the bottom line of profitability. So having a business continuity plan, which does not have to be complex, but having a plan in place that prioritizes your business concerns and has a plan that says, if this happens, here's what we do. That's that's that could save your business and all the hard work and effort that you put into getting it to where where it is. So, what do you see as uh, what are some things that businesses uh, do wrong? I mean, outside of not having a plan, but are there some common things you see when you talk to businesses yeah. that go to you for help? What are there common things you see that a lot of businesses do wrong? Yeah, one is the whole do it yourself concept oh, I, I'm smart. I'm resilient. I can figure this out. I don't need, I don't need to hire someone to, uh, to, to help me with it. I'll get it figured out. And I, and I tell people, I no longer get on my roof. I could do it. I could clean my roof, but I don't want to fall. And for me to hire somebody for 300 bucks to clean my roof, it's worth my time. It's the same, it's the same concept here. I can do it. I can figure it out. Yeah, but what cost? How much time was wasted? How much money was lost? So that's one of the, probably the biggest mistakes small business owners say, I, I can do this on my own. Uh, the, the other big mistake is, <laughs> I hate to, just not thinking about it. Just saying, you know what? I'll worry about it if it happens because it's probably not going to happen. I call that the CNN moment. That stuff only happens to people on CNN, right? Doesn't happen. I, I don't know anybody that that's happened to, uh, you know, that tornado that ripped through. Well, we don't have tornadoes here, so we don't think about it. But it's that that, you know what, I got to focus only on my marketing and only on my product and only on my employees and my shortage. The reality is we've got to play defense, too. 
We have to be prepared for the bad things to happen so that we can continue to do the things that we like. Those are probably the two biggest ones. So one of the things that uh, I wrote down when we initially talked, you wrote, we wrote down mitigating risk. So how do businesses mitigate risk, I guess, in their business? Yeah, so mitigating risk is, is putting things in place in advance to either prevent a bad thing from happening, which is the cheapest, or to mitigate or make it less. So for instance, in a world of cyber where everybody has computers and IT, uh, you know, all of the, and I'm not a cyber guy, but putting all the cyber security uh, things into place, not letting patches or maintenance slip and doing education, that's mitigation. Uh, if you have a large facility that if a fire damaged it, well, mitigation is a, sprink- a sprinkler system in place so that if it happens, you're mitigating the loss. Uh, you might actually even do things around your reputation that says, if something damages my reputation, do I have uh, emails and marketing and promotion in place to, you know, if we have a recall? What do we do there? So it's about thinking about the the bad things that can happen that can damage your reputation, damage your bottom line. And what can we put into place that is either going to prevent it or lessen the impact of it? So what would you say, um, I guess, let me tee this up a little more. We've seen an influx of people post-pandemic starting their own businesses, you know, you know, they've worked for a company and, and now's the time they've gained some perspective to do something on their own. So to those business owners that are just starting a business or like relatively early within the first one or two years, the last thing they're thinking of is like something bad's going to happen because they're just trying right. to get on their feet. Are there one or two things you could tell those business owners mm-hmm. to think in the back of their head? You know, like I, I guess for me, if I'm thinking as a, an audience member, it's almost like having a will, you know, like, all right, I'm yep. 50. Do I need a will? Oh, no, I'm not going to die till 70. You know, I'm not going to have my CNN moment, you know, knock on wood. But to business owners, sometimes it's hard enough, a mental task to get started to, okay, I finally did this, but then they don't think of the contingency stuff. So what could you share with those businesses out there? Num- number one, play offense and defense. If you like sports, it's a basketball, football, it's a clear offense is around marketing. It's about networking. It's getting your product out into the right demographic. It's every, you know, getting your newsletters out, doing podcasts, all of that. Play offense because marketing is, is incredibly important because that's how you bring in revenue. But also play defense. Think about what are the things that could stop me from marketing? that could stop me from distributing my products. That would really hurt if they happen. How can I insure against them, both financially and, and with risk mitigation and all of that? So you, you can't win a championship on a basketball court or on a football field by only having an offense. You need to have a defense as well. The same is, is true in business. Uh, the, the other thing that I, you know, and, and I'll just, I'll just, talk about insurance. People hate insurance, but insurance, the well done uh, is going to say, I can't tell you how many, you, you couldn't operate without it. You need to insure your stuff. 
You need to insure yourself uh, and, and your life because what happens if something happens to you? You need to insure for disability. Uh, all of these things are ways to give you money that you don't have in the bank in case something bad happens. It's part of playing defense. So as much as I love marketing, I have my own podcast. I do all of that. I spend 60% of my time marketing. I've got plans in place in the background that I don't have to do every day, but I just have to schedule out strategically a few times a year and I'll get those done. It's worth the time investment. I want to go back to your, what you just brought about insurance. Is there a certain type of insurance that businesses should have with, with your, you know, plan with the end in mind? Uh, yeah, I'll give you the one that gets slips through the cracks the most because they all have to get business insurance. They all have to get auto insurance. Cyber insurance is now becoming more common. I, I don't have to necessarily talk about that as much. Business owners, entrepreneurs are not buying disability insurance on themselves. And that's a problem because uh, that's the one thing that you're insuring against that you don't currently have. It's the asset you don't have. It's your future income. And so you can put that into place for your employees with health insurance and all of that. But most people, uh, not most, a lot don't think about themselves. I'm not going to worry about myself. I'm not going to get hurt. Galen, kind of like we, I'm not going to, you're more like, you're 65% more likely to become disabled by the age of 65 than to die by the age of 65. That's a, that's a big number. It is. And too many mm -hmm. solopreneurs whose whole life I mean, I can look at me. I am the I am the the rainmaker. I'm the revenue generator. If something happens to me, the, it's done. The, the the faucet is turned off. That's an important piece that gets overlooked a lot. Awesome. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it just resonates. Play offense, play defense. You have the football helmets in the background. <laughs> I guess if you score fifty, and you give up sixty, you lose a game. Right. <laughs> no matter right. how good your exactly. offense is. Uh, right. You, you got to get the leaks um, stopped. So uh, before we close, can you tell everyone uh, how they could find your podcast? We didn't talk about it, but tell us a little bit sure. about the Shrimp Tank podcast, how they can find you and everything. Yeah, the, actually, if you go to shrimptankpodcast.com slash Seattle, because we are nationally syndicated. There's cities all over. Uh, all the other cities are good. We like ours a lot. <laughs> so shrimptankpodcast.com slash Seattle. We are an iHeartRadio network uh, podcast, but we're available on Spotify. And, and I listen on Apple and, and Google, and we're all over the place. We live stream uh, every Wednesday at noon on our Facebook page, but then we drop it for the rest of everything else. We're on YouTube. Uh, so you can learn a lot. We talk to entrepreneurs entrepreneurs about how they got their business started and, and what's helped them. So it's an entrepreneur business uh, podcast. Uh, and then if anybody wants to check out the book, you maybe were going to ask me back nine walking.com, the number nine back nine walking.com. And I think, yeah, there it is. Joe, Joe's got a copy of it. Captain Jack, uh, unfortunately that's his last book. He passed away in March uh, suddenly. Uh, but, uh, he's my co-writer on that. And, uh, so please love, love to have you check that out. Awesome. So before we close, one last plug, Joe, can you talk uh, Q image four on our Valor Cares initiative one last time? Sure. Dan talked a lot about marketing and how important it is. So the most important thing within your marketing is someplace to send your traffic to. So if you don't have a website or your website's outdated and you're just looking for a new one to have built, go to askvalormasterminds.com, click on the uh, Valor Cares tab and submit your information and hopefully you'll be our next winner. Awesome. So 
Uh, on behalf of our sponsors, Advanced Septic Services and Fuse Networks, uh, Dan, thank you so much for uh, joining us. Um, next time we have you, hopefully we'll be local because we're all in this, we're all in Washington. <laughs> we're all in the same state within like a 30 mile radius of each other. But for, you know, we, we're doing this virtually, the showing the power of uh, the connectability of, of uh, technology and everything. Um, thanks for joining us today. So thanks, my name is Galen. I'm Joe. And coming at you virtually from the BD Local Studios in Tacoma, Washington. Stick around for the Marky Boy Minute. Thanks for watching and listening to this episode of the Ask Valor Masterminds podcast. Thanks, guys. Hey, welcome back to another Marky Boys Minute. I have three reasons why you should rent a studio for your next production. Number one, lighting. So, this is a diffuser. It produces soft light for your photo shoots and you actually get two of these when you book a shoot here. And number two, sound. It is ridiculously quiet in here. You don't hear outside noise, so it's really great to like focus. And the fact that we are next to the airport here in Seattle, you don't even hear those airplanes. It's crazy. Number three, ambiance. It's decorated. It's colorful, and we have about 10 backdrop colors. So for your next production, photography, videography, rent us. If you follow us on Instagram, at Seattle, you can hit the link on the top in the bio and rent our space. That's our time. Thanks for watching.